1: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura.
2: Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Número de marca registrado de FCA US LLC. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Allo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
1: Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Abdul Julian.
3: Thanks for staying with us on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM, and we have a perfect blend tonight. the very latest in the world of sports, a preview to the weekend and the first of the BBC's Match of the Day Top 10 series till the new football season begins. We're also keeping our close tabs on what's going on at the All England Club, Wimbledon, the third Grand Slam of the year with all focus on Novak Djokovic. The 23-time Grand Slam winner who is looking to go level with Margaret Hortz, who currently holds the record for the most titles in the open era. Margaret Court is on 24 Grand Slam titles and the uh, man with 23 Novak Djokovic could just get onto that if he's able to win the Wimbledon. As well he will be on course very much if he wins Wimbledon here Novak Djokovic will be on course uh to win a Grand Slam or do a Grand Slam which is uh, clearly defined in tennis as winning all the major or winning all the grand slams in a year talk about the australian open he's already won that the french open has already won that he's on to wilbur Vinh and very soon there will be the u.s open so we'll keep a taps on all of that remember that we are interactive via social media handles and also on whatsapp and it's always a great place to begin uh, our show tonight that has got uh, quite that's uh, got multiple spots indeed so we begin straight away from the circuit and here in the united kingdom
1: the British Grand Prix and it's lights out and away we go. Sainz gets away well as does Lando Norris as does Lewis Hamilton who's already ahead of Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen into our- takes the lead ahead of Carlos Sainz, and at the back that's George Russell out of this race, who's finished in the top five in every race this season, but he's out by the time they get to turn one. A man making his 150th start from pole position, is gonna take victory, and for the first time in Formula One, Carlos Sainz is victorious, he wins the British Grand Prix Perez, a brilliant recovery from him, takes second. Lewis Hamilton's on the podium for a 13th time here at Silverstone.
3: Red Bull are seeking a record equaling 11th consecutive victory this weekend, but the British Grand Prix is a race the team have something of a kiss in. The Milton Keynes-based team have only won the British Grand Prix on three occasions and have not tasted success since Michael Webber's win in 2012. While Red Bull may not have had the car competitive enough in several seasons in that intervening period, a number of the victory opportunities have been snatched away for a host of reasons. So, then, can they do it this weekend? And what are the real dynamics going into Silverstone? Let's get a bit of perspective right now. I have the weekend's race, and joining me is our Formula One expert, Raymond Nyamado. Thank you very much, Raymond, for your time. We're here to Britain, uh, very much where I'm seated where new ties as pirelli is set to introduce a revised construction of their 2023 ties which will be used for the rest of the season these vis the ties which have been used from the start of the season how different can fans expect the new ones to be Pirelli have gone for this new type
4: construction uh ahead of the british grand prix just to make sure um, they have new tougher ties to help cope with rapid escalation and car performance. We've seen over the last couple of races that uh, a lot of teams have been able to unlock dramatic gains in terms of downforce, and it's been the trend of the season. and There's a lot of talk about uh, high downforce being one of the key reasons why we've seen brilliant performances from some of the cars on the circuit this season. Now, you also look at the fact that when we went to Miami, uh, we saw a lot of lap improvements in the Miami, and Pirelli. I've actually sat back to analyse the performance of the cars and realised that they have to catch up with their pace for them to guarantee no problems further down the lane. For them to guarantee that there are no issues in future they have decided to go in for the tougher times just to make sure uh, it's at par with the performance of the cars that is good news for them uh, and you look at the silverstone circuit which is very demanding um, it's easy to overtake there uh, there are small pit lane times uh, and you also expect that um, drivers should be able to deal with a lot of tire degradation especially because of how the circuit behaves and so I think that coming in with the new compounds the C1 C2 C3 compounds at this time in the course of the season um, should serve the drivers very well and you look at the quick pace of cars on the circuit this season you could always expect that cars would definitely need to um, be up to the pace in terms of time management and so i think that this particular yeah, intervention by Pirelli comes in handy, uh, and it should serve a lot of drivers well going into this race. We've seen uh, the likes of Red Bull uh, play very uh, a very interesting game on the second the season. They've been very hard to catch, they've been very hard to beat, and so you could always expect that with this new introduction and looking at their performances already this season, uh, it only boots well for them in terms of um, having stronger ties uh, which would give them uh, a, lot, a lot a lot, more reliability on the circuit. You also look at the chasing pack Mercedes, uh, you talk about McLaren, you talk about Aston Martin and Ferrari. They would also be excited about the new ties because in this particular race at Silverstone, uh, the one-stop strategy would be adopted by most of the teams and we'll see how things pan out for them. But I think that it gives a lot of drivers a uh, level playing field going into this weekend's race. And I don't think that uh, the new ties would particularly particularly favour a Particular team uh, in 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 the in the contest, so a uh, pretty interesting weekend to look forward to, and
3: we'll see how things pan out in terms of how that time strategy works out for all the teams. Probably the happiest person returning to Britain will be Carlos Sainz after last year's heroics to win the first Grand Prix, but he could be a little weary considering how the season is panning out. He has more championship points than teammate Charles Leclerc, yes, and five top five finishes in nine races, but has not stepped on podium since the season began what can he do differently this weekend
4: well quite a difficult start for Carlos Sainz in the course of the season and I think that he's shown a bit of consistency in his last two races Uh, he finished fifth in Spain finished fifth in Canada almost finished on the podium in Austria but for uh, what we all know to be uh, track limit breaches uh, and also post uh, post race infringements, where he had to uh, take post race punishment. I think that uh, Carlos Sainz has been able to shake off the early. The disastrous performances that we saw from him. I think that he's been quite consistent. Uh, looking at his performance in Austria, looking at the performance of that car, I think that um, there's a lot to come from Ferrari. Going into this weekend's race, I think that he'll be one of the drivers we look forward to. He's one of the drivers that we should pay attention to because you look at how he drove in Austria, clearly. I think that uh, Ferrari uh, seemed to have unlocked a bit of pace. Ferrari has seemed to have unlocked a lot more downforce for their car. and uh, they, they, They're looking very good. and Going into a race where he won last year I think that it was quite a dramatic race last year it was breathtaking where he was able to beat Perez and Lewis Hamilton and interestingly it was a late safety car that actually uh, gave him that advantage when Ocon retired uh, his team his Alpine his Alpine car I think that what actually happened in that race uh, was that Sainz did attack Leclerc on fresh ties after, after restart and that helped him claim P1 I think that we are not going to see we may not see a lot of drama like we saw last year on the circuit this time around but he goes into this race with a lot of confidence, knowing very well he was able to do it last season, and he can't replicate his form last season. And looking at the momentum from his last few races, I think that uh, he's also one of the drivers that should be aiming for the podium this weekend. It's, it's 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 quite a happy hunting ground for him, and he would expect more of the same um at Silverstone this weekend. So, Kylonsa uh, is definitely one of the drivers to watch out for. Uh, looking at his performance in Austria, uh, if he goes, you know, a notch higher and actually brings back what he did last season. Definitely, uh, he should be challenging the likes of Max Verstappen and the two Mercedes drivers.
3: Ray, in Austria last weekend, McLaren's upgraded MCL 60 had Lando Norris finish in 5th, which was their highest finish so far this year as they have struggled. Ultimately, Norris' teammate Oscar Piastri, who was without the upgrades, finished 16th. He also gets his upgrades. Does that mean? That McLaren's difficult season ends this weekend. The biggest problem
4: for McLaren has been the fact that they haven't been consistent. I think their consistency has been lacking uh, as far as their performances has been concerned. Lando Norris uh, finished 5th uh, in Austria, benefited from the post race uh, points deduction for Carlos Sainz to actually finish 4th in that race, uh, and he would be hoping that in this home race he can finish on the podium, but I think that that's upgraded MCL 60 has some pace. Uh, you look at how he was able to overtake Lewis Hamilton, despite the fact that in the early embers of the race, uh, he was overtaken by Lewis Hamilton. How he managed to claw back into that race to overtake the two Mercedes drivers. It tells you the upgrades have really gone to good effect. And Piastri definitely will be coming in uh, with some upgrades himself, but he hasn't been that consistent driver. He seems to be uh, learning on the ropes, as far as uh, from One is concerned. And so, we won't put too much pressure on Oscar Piastri, but the main focus will be on uh, the British driver Lando Norris, who himself is fancy. Seen this because it's a home race for him. I think that if they can actually go into this race and perform, the team to beat would be Team Mercedes because the Team Mercedes also see this as a home race for them. You have two British drivers, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, also hoping to be uh, the winners in this particular And Lewis Hamilton, we all know, uh, has won the most races at Silverstone. So he'll be hoping to make this number nine. But you look at the performances of Mercedes, uh, they themselves would be coming into this race with some new parts uh, to their car. And so it's going to be very interesting. But McLaren and North Londoners have been, you know, Excited by the prospects of their car, Uh, definitely they would give Mercedes a for their money. For Team Ferrari, I think that we've all seen what uh, Carlos Sainz is about. We've all seen what he's been able to do over here. We've all seen what Red Bull have been able to do. So, I think that uh, McLaren do come into this race with a good, with good potential, with a good chance of winning this race, with a good chance of finishing on the podium. Looking at what we saw in Austria, and so I won't take anything away from uh, Lando Norris if. He's consistent if he keeps his focus, if he uh, manages his ties well, if he takes the team orders pretty well. I think that it should be a good race for him and he should be able to uh, manage a podium finish in his home
3: race. Ray, let's take Max stopping out and tell me which other drivers join him on podium this weekend.
4: That's an interesting one. Uh, definitely, Max Verstappen. If he doesn't capitulate, if he doesn't self-destruct, definitely, he should be able to finish on the podium. Last year, he finished seventh, and you'll be hoping to make it better. And so, I'm not going. to I'm not going to talk about him. Uh, an interesting, like you said. Max Verstappen out. Let's look at the other two drivers who would finish on the podium. I think that Carlos signs for his troubles last weekend should be able to bounce back this weekend. I think that uh, the track, the track limit breaches uh, were an issue for him. Uh, the post match uh, punishment was also an issue for him. And the fact that he had team orders issues uh, at a point he asked that he go past Charlie Leclerc, because he had more pace than him that was declined and we all know uh, what actually happened in the course of that race so uh, he himself has been uh, very unhappy with the team orders in, in, in the course of that race and so he'll be hoping to actually uh, get one over his teammate Charlie Leclerc. and so I think that Carlos Sainz definitely looks good value to finish on the podium especially after his performances last year. Now you look at the three British drivers in there you talk about um, George Russell you talk about Louis Hamilton you talk about Lando Norris These are all drivers who will be fancying this as their home race. And Lewis Hamilton uh, has had a good run over the last few races. And so uh, you'd fancy Lewis Hamilton managing, you know, one of the podium finishes in there. So I think we're going to definitely see Max Verstappen in there. Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton uh, should possibly be the other two to finish on the podium.
3: Thanks, Reuben Yamado, for your time on the show. Reuben Yamado is our Formula One expert to join us with some analysis as we look forward to the British Grand Prix this weekend. Tennis and the third Grand Slam of the year has not failed to deliver a few casualties. Heading over now to the All England club and standing by is a BBC reporter who's got a lot more on what happened, including that wonderful game between Andy Murray and Sitterpass that didn't quite end yesterday.
2: Forehand Murray, backhand Sitterpass, he's coming forward. Murray into the net. <laughs> that was some set of tennis by Stefanos Tsitsipas. <laughs> he he's Tsitsipas with a forehand. He's putting plenty of heat on these shots, but he's set point down. Oh no oh no 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 no! Murray slips. He's done. And up. my immediate reaction was he'd hurt his groin. Caring waits. Wokes goes in. Bowles to his exit. Oh, oh no! He's dropped him. Another one goes down. Joe Root has dropped another one. <laughs> Well, an in bit, it? He's hold out the cover, he's chipped the ball. There goes Wood. And Bowles took him very full. And he's bowling, played on. Full ball outside the off stump. And Mark Wood, where have you been? Leo Brody with a monumental upset. Six, six, three, six. Five sets it took to take out the world number four. The wildcard from Stockport ranked 142 takes out the biggest name so far in this championship what a spectacular performance a forehand winner from Bolter it's a screamer brilliant shot right into the corner perfect way to close out this second round match and make the third round of Wimbledon Katie Bolter it slashes at one and is caught. At first slip, wide right outside the off got big on him. on edge and caught the first slip. is gone. It's been an exhausting day. I must be honest. Absolutely action-packed. We've seen everything, and it's ended with England on 68 for three. So they're 195 behind. Forehand Murray, backhand sitzerpass. He's coming forward. Murray into the net. That was some set of tennis by Stefanos Tsitsipas, he's won it on the tie break by 7 points to 3. Good first serve. Forehand long from Tsitsipas. The famous old center court roar. Murray's pumping his fist. He played a virtually perfect set there given the context of the match. What's going to happen? Now Armstrong is talking to referee oh, to umpire orally taught. Tsitsipas putting his rackets away.
3: Day four of Wimbledon provided the biggest shock yet in either of the men's or the women's singles as the British wildcard Liam Brody, ranked 142 in the world knocked out the number four seed Caspar Ruud,
2: who'd reached the French Open final just a few weeks ago. The centre court crowd roared on another Brit late into the evening a more familiar Andy Murray this time. The two-time champion continues to
3: defy the odds at the age of 36 and after several operations he's back on the court. He leads fifth seed Stefano Tsitsipas by two sets to one a match that will resume on
2: Friday. Elsewhere, Stan Wawrinka has set up a third round meeting with the seven times winner Novak
3: Djokovic and the women's defending champion Elena Rybakina is also safely through to round three. Let's do the football and this is very special for you. Four-time African football of the year, uh, Yaya Toure. Africa Cup of Nations winner, Ifana Koku and former DR Congo captain, Gabriel Zakwani uh, in to debate all things African football a new podcast from the bbc world service Match of the day africa top 10. in each episode they will debate a topic ranging from the best african goal scorers to the continent's best world cup moments and decide on their top 10 from a shortlist compiled by a panel of african football experts in the first edition the three african greats will decide the top african players to have graced the premier league in history so we're going to enjoy this in a bit. Uh, next, you hear voices of the four-time African Football of the Year, Yaya Toure, the African Nations winner, Ifana Koku, and former DR Congo captain, Gabriel Zakwani. Enjoy.
1: We're looking at our top 10 African Premier League players. Yeah, yeah. You played in Greece, France, and Spain before coming to the Premier League. How different was it when you joined Man City?
5: Term of intensity, term of uh, week in week out games, in terms of TV writing, broadcast—all the things—it was different. England is much more different. But if we go to term of yeah, footballs, I think is, I think for me, Premier League was the best one. Did you always wanna come to the Premier? League? Yeah. Things I was on trial with Arsenal uh long ago i always dream to come in because i remember highbury now it's not here anymore as a stadium of arsenal but Highbury was um for me it was uh, you know what i mean being in this stadium gave me all the feeling the desire and the envy to come back to england you know mm. and play the premier league
1: Yeah, was involved in the very first premier league season mm, yeah how was that <laughs> mm. uh-huh. I didn't quite have the feeling
6: for it. What, what I mean by that is because I was playing at in a lower division at the mm. time, so I only joined uh, just after halfway in the season, I joined Norwich and it just seemed like a natural evolution for me. Everything was new, you know, the whole package or so the way the Premier League was packaged at the time was different to what we've seen in English football before. So that was exciting, so there was still that excitement about the league, there was a lot more money involved, it was branded. A lot better, a lot more advertising. The game was cleaner in different ways. It was a better game to watch if you were a fan. The game was evolving. It was becoming a, I wouldn't say a less physical game, but just generally it was all around more attractive, you know. So to be at the beginning of an era, you know, that has become so famous as a brand around the world was. Uh, was exciting
1: Mm -hmm. okay well let's get into it our experts have picked their top 10 African players to play in the Premier League and it's up to us to decide Mm -hmm. who makes it to number 1 let's start with you Mm -hmm. give us your 10 to 6 number 10
5: I went with Loren number 9 Kolo Toure number 8 Wanko Kanu number 7 Michael Sin. number 6 JJ Ukucha. Ooh, fun. I
0: found you your 10 to six. We're pretty close, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've gone uh, for first time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com/slash aware.
5: Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera.
1: Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado. Para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500.
5: Hecha para vivir.
6: Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gone for Laron, who's uh, who's at number 10. Okay. Um, good task. So we can agree on that already. Oh, you can agree on uh, that. Laron is at 10. I've gone yep. for Torres Sr. Cola. At number yeah. Nine. You see that? Um, Great group. Kind of at number eight.
5: Oh wow. Wow. You get it. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> this is easy. Somebody yeah. copied me, I'm sure. <laughs>
5: uh,
6: a coach at number seven. Did you want number six as well? Uh, a coach at number six. Michael is in number seven. I've oh. got them the other way around, so I've got a coach at number yeah, so
1: seven. Yeah, he's got a coach at seven, and, and then I've Michaelisyan got Michael
6: Eskin at, at six. number six. Some very, you know, some big names there. Some guys who are extremely successful. All different players, you know, we've got a great list, you know, from ten to one mm. in terms of variety, styles,
1: uh, National. Let's just touch on Laren. You both got him at ten. I know it's a, it's a tough list. But, um, yeah, what did he bring to the Premier League? Laren, I always thought, played with,
6: with great character. Mm. He was uh, somebody who seemed to have that real edge, that mental edge. that uh, Intelligence as well, smart, yeah, experience. A very, a very simple player in many ways you wouldn't say there was one outstanding quality that he had you know you wouldn't say that he was a brilliant tackler you wouldn't say that he was super fast you wouldn't say he was particularly strong he was reliable though wasn't he? Yeah, oh yeah he was reliable you know otherwise he wouldn't have played for arsenal <laughs> you know in the in that era and you know many caps you know for cameroon successful at international level he was a guy who he was just very solid you know you couldn't mark him down and say that he was he was only a five out of ten in terms of Defending, you no, know, he was a bit like Colo Torre in a way that um, he recovered well. He was a guy who was, you know, who had these like fast feet. So if a player made a mistake around him, he was he was able to cover them. Which is, I think, is one of the great attributes of a defender: is that not only that you you carry out your own job, but you're always aware that people around you might make mistakes. You know, you have to be quite pessimistic mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a defender. That's one thing I, uh, I've I've learned over the years: is that good defenders have an eye for their teammate all the time,
5: mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, for for me in terms of uh, Lauren, I think the the best defender has to be able to make low mistakes, take less risk, Mm. and be be more competitive. And then obviously followed by your brother,
1: Colo Touré nine, who you both agreed with. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of what we've said about Lauren is kind of similar. Yeah, I agree to Colo.
6: Yeah, I think Colo was a great recoverer of himself. Mm. If he made a mistake, you could see he had the speed. Yeah, yeah, determination to get back and people are, alongside him also if they made a mistake he was someone you could rely on. well okay I'm not as quick as him but he can cover me, he could play a centre-half he could play uh right-back also, You know, a, a versatile player in the end I think his best position is as a central defender but mm. once again he was a guy who could be relied upon to have those high-level performances week in week out mm. so I was talking about
1: Premier League players mm. I mean he went on and he won the league for two different clubs yeah it? so i think there's not many african players that can say that it's not just i know we think about his early days at arsenal but he did keep that level up you a know consistently time. for yeah, a long time, time. Yeah. and I, I think when you're not a player that maybe with the tricks and flicks or scoring mm. all the goals it goes under the radar but i think holo tour is one of them players mm. if, when you look back i think you appreciate him more now than maybe course, at the time. Yeah. Arsenal,
6: yeah man city mm. and liverpool your CV is is right at the top mm. in um, in England. You know,
5: Celtic you, end, but yeah, you know, geez, you can't get higher than geez. that. He played he played in the big clubs. This guy, to be honest, he was the better player at, at home. You too. <laughs> no, but they start stay by themselves. You know what I mean? Like in fact, the personal achievement mm. and collective personal. <laughs> Abi, you have to agree with that, was I, win, you? Was I win. I win four Ballon d'Or Africa in the road, <laughs> Even even the, even the big Samuel to then that. That's your a ma- massive achievement. Your phone is ringing. I wonder who's calling you. No, it's your brother calling you. No 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 no. no the thing is the thing is in time of Colo uh, uh, personally Kolo, I think Kolo was was much better than me. I think technically, tactically and understand the game physically was better than me but technically f- in terms of out of way I think yeah, different, it was no, much different, yeah of course. What was it like though playing with him because you played um, together at City? You no, know, it's, it's quite difficult, he, he's quite commanding, uh, discipline. Does he moan? Most of the time, <laughs> because the, you know, actually, when you play with the defender like Colo, sang Basang, Tarebuas, this big defender, this experienced defender, mm. you know what it's about? Because me, I played with Turan when I was in Barcelona. I think it will be easier, but it was the most difficult one. Always shouting, bah, 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 left, right, left, right, come back, stay, yeah, yeah, stay, don't go. said, man, oh. I don't get paid to just uh, listen think, to you. <laughs> you yeah. Let me play. You know? And it was difficult, you know what I mean? When you play among, among these people, you know, they're so disciplined and they're so like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Commanding the fact that uh, when what the, the message coming from the coach or from the guys around or the staff, You want to follow the rules, you know what I mean? Don't let him go too far. Tell him to stay here. Okay. Defender's job. When you're running, eh, no, 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 come here, you know. Always cautious.
1: (laughs) Now, as a defender myself, I do understand because it makes our job easier, you know, when you stay in your position and you don't have the license. Yeah. See, defenders don't like to work,
6: (laughs) they always want somebody to help them out, protect them. protection. protection. That's
1: all they want. You both went for Kanu in eight. Yeah, I think Kanu, for for me, yeah, probably about right looking at the list, uh, but he did have a big impact. Yeah, he did.
6: He was one of those guys who had a bit of a reputation coming from Ajax. Mm. I think it was clear that Arsene Wenger, from what I remember, wanted somebody who could replace Dennis Bergkamp. Bergkamp was coming towards the end of his time at Arsenal, although they played together for a bit, I don't know how long, maybe a season and a half, maybe two. Kanu was another guy, or one of those guys with great natural ability. Big frame, you know, six foot two and a half six foot three as we are saying football great feet you know the skills and the control technically gifted technically very good a decent goal scorer not a great goal scorer in that regard but one of those you know he was a modern day shadow striker Mm -hmm. What the i think is what the dutch call him and that's and that's the role he played when he played for Ajax he came he played this the same kind of role for Arsenal so yeah you know he complimented I think a lot of the Arsenal players at the time who had you know people like Viltor and uh, Pirès, Henry you know different skills Kanu gave that control in the middle of the park that allowed those guys to run around him and do the things that they did so Kanu's impact probably lessened because there were so many other great players at Arsenal Mm. so Mm -hmm. it's difficult for one player or it was difficult for one player to really elevate themselves. Henri did, in the end, became the star of the show, but that doesn't mean that other guys like
1: well, Carney, weren't, weren't extremely Yeah, he played his part for successful. sure. And he was. I think when you talk about, well, there's games that stand out, I think we remember the hat-trick at Chelsea. At Chelsea, yeah. And um, that, until so today, that I Con- remember yesterday. Pure yeah. in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. technique, skill,
6: his goal there, he's, he has got a great goal in the... Olympic final against Brazil, Nigeria came through three, 3-1 down to win. And Keanu scored the winning goal with a typical Keanu move, where he, you know, caresses the ball, deceives a couple of Brazilian defenders, all yeah. in one move with yeah. the drag. You know, the Keanu drag, and then scored. He did the same. I remember that uh, Arsenal played at Man United. He did the same drag on Yapstam and somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I, I, know what's going to happen before it happens. I'm watching the game live. I'm thinking. I know what's happening. is going to boom, kill everybody with that. I think he didn't score. The ball then ricocheted to Anelka, who scored. I yeah. can't remember the results or whatever, but it just, you know, there was just some signature moves that some players have, and that was Connors.
1: Mm. No, definitely a big player. So at seven, um, Yaya, you went with Essien, and Effen went with Essien at six, and then you went with Okocha
5: no i think it's the thing we can flip that either way yeah it can go either way it's simple like i said they have to be happy to be in this list 10 list that's it yeah (laughs) (laughs) essien's uh essien's level at
6: chelsea was outstanding it was yeah yeah outstanding and very consistent very durable i was like a small ball, you know. Would you class him as a
1: box-to-box? He
5: was that. Asian. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, no, but me no. Yeah. He had more than just defending. He was no for me no because I think he was robust. It was a player who can be able to play different position without problem. Mm. But technically a bit okay. Mm. But physically, his physically and control attribution was unbelievable. You know, it was like a proper tank. Proper uh you I know follow you know follow yeah. you know right? when you come in contact mm-hmm. draws. It's very small mm-hmm. but he was there i remember i played against him he was really really tough you know what i mean it's not the player is gonna be like maybe uh, iniesta uh, or or today uh i can say maybe shaka or you know or De Bruyne. It's the player who uh, he, he you put him there he's gonna do the job you know and I think at least you can see in this start and you can see as well his past game he's been involved you know he played for sort of big clubs like Madrid Chelsea he played yeah. with great great club even Lyon at that time yeah. top team yeah very good team 8 know. years they win yeah. eight league <laughs> you know what I mean yeah.
1: row, no? and the yeah, And like, he had a good strike on him though yeah, I think he had a bit more than just.
5: Yeah, know, no, but just time, what, like Because, yeah, out, no, because yeah, the yeah. thing when you when Gabby you saying box to box, yeah, he can do that, but at the time it was quite restrict, you know. Yeah, yeah, because no, box I, to boxes feel like when I said box to boxes that someone can be able to travel with the ball and arrive and score Mm -hmm. that's how me identify box to box Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you have a p players can travel without the ball but you can say balak is box to box players i don't i don't know and i don't think so he was a midfielder but sometimes it goes because for me box to box player able to transfer the ball from the defense to attack and get be involved Uh, Labalak. It was a bit like Lampard you know they passing the ball but after that they run Yeah, they get in there you know what I mean Mm -hmm. otherwise they can not be involved in the build up in the back but when the ball carry on cross they are there Mm -hmm. we have a player where they involve in the build up Passing the ball and when the ball travel, they travel the ball and get in there, going back and score. Mm. That for me is box to box because I have the physicality to do that. Mm. You have a different because running with the ball is not the same with run without no, the ball. No, 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 completely, it's different. completely different. different. So would you class yourself as bottom? Box to box because I'm able to bullet up the ball, the ball and the back, travel the ball as well, sprinting with the with the ball, carrying the ball, going forward, and be able to have this lucidity to end up the goal. Mm. That's different mm, because. Yeah.
6: SFM wasn't like that. He was more of an enforcer. Yeah, his That's primary it. role was to was, Break re- things up. was to recover the ball. You know that. Yeah, was his
5: primary uh, yeah, role. like uh, yeah, Makaleli. Some
6: people or to outstanding goal, but he I think he had more speed and more strength without the ball in in yeah know, in order to be able to retrieve it in different parts of the game than Makaleli for sure. A mm-hmm. bit like. Conte, but superior in a way. I think a bit like Edgar Davids. I think mm. yeah, Davids you know, as well. You Davids know, Davids because... was an enforcer. You know, you score a few goals, but the, yeah. but Davids really was in the team to destroy you. Mm. Yeah, no.
5: I and
4: think I if, I, I,
5: if I'm just same with this yeah. I, if I'm just find spotter, because Edgar Davids was the same. He was a runner. Yeah, Edgar yeah. e. Davids was like a box to box because he, he was defending, and when they go in a counter attack, he's already there as well. Yeah, there. But that would not call it. Box to box midfielder. Hmm. We call it like okay, builder, runner, stronger, but box to box defender uh, midfielder is totally different. Because hmm. how because people have their opinion. Hmm. But if you ask the final people, what is box to box in the defender, so, Oh, they want from the midfielder and they no, it's not that. So for you travel the box, with the ball. Yeah, is be yeah, able build to build up, up and have the travel with the ball and arrive and be able have the lucidity the finest and finish it properly. Mm. Yeah,
6: that's EO, totally is, uh, is really talking about a more complete footballer like himself. <laughs> <laughs> like
5: Gerald,
6: yeah, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. a few others, you know, but that's a very, very, very small, small group. niche, isn't it? Very, very yeah.
1: small group. Mm. Tell us a little bit about
6: JJ Okocha. F and you played with him. JJ never put together one season where people would think, wow, you know, in 95, he was fantastic and, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, whatever he was playing, whether he was at uh, Eintracht Frankfurt and he went to P- played at PSG, he played in Turkey, you know, so yeah, you couldn't say that JJ had one or two years where not many people say that he wasn't the best or he won a league title somewhere or he was fantastic yeah, yeah. in Europe, you know, so you maybe have five games where he was fantastic. Then came to Bolton in England, he was great, but... He was never putting together what i would call a body of work where people say well okay over that 15 20 games there's no argument that this guy wasn't the best to win you know the you know best player here in africa because people like uh did Yekini did that you know george weir did that you know drogba did that etu did that those guys had a season or two uh, no there's no doubt this guy was the best you know with jj was five games here then three games he he wouldn't be you know he wouldn't play well enough so unless you can do that consistently and then you know, people will admire your skills, mm-hmm. as I do more than anybody, else I said, I think after after Maradona, he's the most talented that I've seen, you know, so that's high praise, very high praise, but you need to be able to translate from the skills to be able to do yeah, what is right. required to help your teammates, you know, to win, whether it's with Nigeria, whether it's with all the clubs that I mentioned, so JJ's level of consistency wasn't there.
5: For me, Okocha, oh, uh, in terms of talent, like I've is was one of the best, because I never see players gifted like that. So gifted, and it's a, it's a bit of shame when I saw in the start, he didn't it didn't win the Ballon of Africa. No, no, he never no. win that. It's incredible. That is you incredible. Know, that's incredible. Even me, I was shocked and I was like, Wow, geez, how is possible? I bet two win twice, but Kochan didn't win once. And it was uh, the, the great team of uh, Nigeria where it was, Zikini, yeah, me, all these players, they were all the time. When you talk about super goals. You expect them to see them in the final or semi-final. Yeah. I'm never gonna think like super eagles first round out. No. Impossible. Super when they come super eagles, it's for the final. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's scared of them. <laughs> Even before the game starts, you're scared. Should we go with Boc-Ocha in seven?
6: Yeah, I would be Yeah, I go, I go, yeah, go, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. We change, Yes, oh, Michael's Michael's consistency to deliver a high
1: level of performance week in, week out. In bigger sure. games as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so, Laren in 10, followed by Kolo Toure. In 8, we have Kanu. Mm-hmm. In number 7, JJ Okocha. And in number 6, Michael Essien. So now let's get to, should we go from 5 to
5: 3? Okay, 5, i go Real Madrid. 4, Yaya Toure. 3, Mohamed Salah. And that day, that, you, you can swap it anyway, it doesn't matter. Like, let's yes. go, let's hear it, Effend. We're almost there,
6: we're, we're almost uh, almost agreed. I've got Mahrez at number five.
1: Oh, that's another
6: one. Salah
5: at four, and Yaya at number three. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite close this one. Yeah? I yeah. <laughs> <No, Effend, laughs> I think we, we uh, I call him. Yes. <laughs> Something so Ma- happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Mahrez at five. In terms of top ten African Premier League players, he definitely deserves his spot in there. Um, mm. oh, top five isn't easy. Yeah, but yeah, Mares, I think he's probably a player that when he came to to the Premier League, I didn't know much about him. I didn't know anything about him really. Um, but Leicester remember that season that he had, arguably the best player in the league at that, in that season, and he's kept the level up. I don't think. I think maybe what goes against him is. Um, at Manchester City now he's probably not the first name on the team sheet not the main player but he still contributes he's still delivering the goods every time he plays really
6: yeah I think at Man City there's probably only well, you know what I was going to say four or five people at Man City who are on the team sheet every week mm-hmm. but actually over the years he's been a goalkeeper and I'm trying to think who else you would actually say was certainly play every week Diaz recently mm-hmm. he's had a couple of injuries, De Bruyne, most of the time and all the time. Mm-hmm. So Morris is in exalted company. Yeah. You know, he's he's with those guys, Bernardo Silva, Aguero, the last year he was there, wasn't playing all the time. Haaland now plays every week. But most of the guys don't, you know, there's no guarantee that they'll play. Mm. You know, Mahrez is, is with a very, very, uh, he's with an outstanding group of people who play a lot. Mm. And as you said, the level has not dropped. I was a bit surprised actually when he went to Man City. I was thinking I wasn't sure, you know, that I wasn't sure he would get enough game time Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure that he was he he had enough energy to play Guardiola's style to be able to defend to do all the things that's required of a wide player you know, playing under Guardiola but he's not dropped his level the quality is there, we know he showed that with that brilliant you know seasonal two playing for Leicester Uh, the ability to score, the ability to supply his game has been simplified a little bit and uh, he doesn't have the free reign that he had at Leicester when he proved himself Mm. Um, but you know, that's credit to him that he's at a bigger club now mm-hmm. the expectation is greater and the volume of goals actually has increased you know mm-hmm. one season scored 20 something two years ago 20 so 24 mm-hmm. goals i think round about that for man city so to be doing that when you're not guaranteed a place when you're in and out of the side is very very impressive uh amari's gifts are clear and it appears that we will see longevity with him yeah it appears we're going to get that 10 years plus at this level is fantastic along with salah two of the most outstanding players for, for in African football. That's why they're in the list, mm-hmm. certainly the top two from from North Africa.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mares, is his first touch. When right? there's that diagonal with that first touch, of, it always stands out. For me. Yeah. So you both did agree on that one uh, and at number five. Now it's time to just narrow down this four and three. You went with yourself Yeah, yeah in four.
5: Yeah, I think on that one uh Stefan put me in number three, number four <laughs> moments and I think I can agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, but, well you both would agree on <laughs> No, we're right? agreeing that we're
1: agreeing that
6: yeah, yeah I mean these are these are names that you know we're we're trying to find reasons to justify our choice, really. You know, so yeah in four, what yeah. would
1: you say about him? is it because he's still got more more to give. I think we did. If we did this list in a few years' time, you could potentially be higher. Would you say? will be tough to get higher. I must admit. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
6: but I suppose because one of the names, well, one of the names is r- retired. Mm. You know, he's, he's he's right here. Well, two of them. Oh yeah, know. yeah, I
5: retired. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, to, I
6: forget forget that you retired. Oh, you, I forget retired. I retired. <laughs> you
5: retired.
6: <laughs> that's why you're here. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. So two players have retired. One, you know, two or one is still playing. I suppose. So I suppose, in terms of Premier League players, let's say that Salah will probably go ahead of Mane because of the number of goals we expect him mm. to skills to, to, you know, to still score. I think he's on about 126 Premier League goals, mm-hmm. and Mane stopped at 111 before he went to Bayern Munich. So mm-hmm. Salah, I suppose, you know, there could be an argument for him to be higher. Will he win more than Yaya won at, at Man City playing for Liverpool? possible, but it's going to be very difficult. Liverpool in the process of rebuilding, mm. so, so that will be very hard. Um, so then we just come down to ability, our own personal choice. Salah is a pure goal scorer mm. Yes, he has lots of assists also, but Diario was able to do a, a lot of everything defending. You know, the tackling, the assist making, the goal scoring himself, uh, ability to get round <laughs> the whole field, as he said, you know, mm-hmm. he classed himself as a real box-to-box man. So, that, <laughs> you know, so, you know, so, you know, so that ability to, so that
0: ability to do everything is,
6: mm-hmm.
0: is appreciated as much, in you know. a
1: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500 hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
6: Well, I think as people who just score, but also people sometimes who just score, you know, because it's the hardest thing to do consistently when you're expected to do it. Mm For any striker, people say you're number nine, you're number ten, you must score. So people don't give you much allowance when you don't score. Mm-hmm. In Yaya's position, if you're a boxer to box midfielder, if one season you score fifteen, or eighteen, or twenty, they say great. If the next season you score five or ten, there's a big drop-off. But you're still doing a lot of everything else, very it's well. Not me, it's like. not under scrutiny. It's not under scrutiny. Yeah. You, you know, so you get a bit more leeway. So the goal scorers, as you can imagine, that was my formal position. I always give them a little bit more because you must do it. It's like the goalkeeper. If you don't make saves, we see it. It's a mistake, leads to a goal, the team has lost them. If you don't score, people remember he missed. He missed, he missed the mm-hmm. chance. Look at that chance he missed. <laughs> you know, people remember it for years. Mm-hmm. People don't remember too often a misplaced pass mm-hmm. from the middle of the park. Unless you really scrutinise the game as your team, you remember or remember the build-up to that goal or
1: how we considered or how we scored. But, fine margins here. Yeah, that one could have gone either way, so I think Jojo's mm-hmm. happy that oh, you've yeah. agreed with Mo Salah in four. I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Yaya Toure in three. Let me just recap before we get back to our top two. So we got Laren in ten, Golo Toure in nine, followed by Kanu, JJ Okocha in seven, Michael Alessian in six, followed by Riyad Mahrez, mm-hmm. Mo Salah in four, and Yaya Toure in three. So we're down to our top two
5: and uh mm-hmm. i think yeah let's go yeah yeah my top two was Sadu money number two mm-hmm. and number one did Drogba. we agree <laughs> ah, we agree <laughs> so that is nice <laughs> and easy so sadio money in two and did Drogba. Okay. number five we agreed this this one we agreed easily this was good it was really good it was easier to do because it was guy, but it was what, guy. what makes money number two and not number one Ooh, that's complicated. No, it's not complicated. I think Drogba, what he does, mm. uh, the impact he had in the Premier League for these years. You know, as a as African coming in Europe, especially Chelsea in that time, where that period, where Mourinho was coming with, the were talking about the special one. After that, Drogba coming, it was incredible. You know, it, it was nice to see. To be honest, you know what I mean? Because Chelsea introduction in the Premier League was a big fact that before it was a United-Arsenal, but when Chelsea, Abramovich, Mourinho, special one, Drogba coming is like, things would change. The balance shifted. like yeah. shifted. It was incredible. And Druba he was always gonna stand like the African striker was able big be Caucasian games goals uh, yeah big moment for chelsea he will be remember for as long as possible you know mm. even he end up at legend of chelsea and his impact on the football club no only on the football club but in the premier league mm. is huge mm. yeah he seems one of them players that is on and off the pitch yeah he did a lot as well. Yeah. that's that that's i uh, forget that part yeah you know for the country side and the clubs as well he was involved with the club and in, in, in that show he, he, no he was brilliant nobody's had a greater impact on one football
6: club or in in one league Mm -hmm. than dropper Mm. in my mind he's number one Mm. in terms of the influence that he's had to transform a club that was 25 years ago chelsea used to finish 10th Mm. 12th. chelsea were relegated not too long before that chelsea were just seen as a decent sized club Mm. chelsea were no big club things changed in the late late 90s for them they you know, started to spend more money attracted people like Ruud Hullit Viali's Zola a few other players like that mm-hmm. who elevated the club but people like Drogba took them to a different level yes the money that was invested in the club made it easier in that regard but you still have to buy the right people then the right of people course, yeah. have to perform, perform yeah. Drogba was performing as well as anybody You know, it doesn't matter who you mentioned who else was in that Chelsea team and the squad at the time mm. so for an African player to have that impact was huge Mane's impact has been different
5: uh, he's not finished yet,
6: and he's, he's not, not finished, finished yet. That's yeah. why he's the. Second yeah, but Drogba. But I think most non-Africans mm-hmm. see Drogba as the number one African player of all time. Really, yeah. he's always up. There. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They see him because. The Premier League is what they watch, is what they see. So they see or saw less of George Weir, they saw less of Everton. He came to Chelsea when he was late, you know, towards the end of his career, and at that uh, Everton also. And they've seen less of Ape de Pele and different players that we we can talk about. Um, but Drogba is the one that they've seen more, hmm. and they've seen the impact he had. As Yoyo said, Drogba's mm-hmm. big game record is incredible, unbelievable. Yeah. Big yeah. game record
1: is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, Mane, just touching back on him, is someone that you
5: admired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like him. I like him as a player, as a young lad. You know, for what he's been doing on his back of his country, we've been heard about it, and we've been see that. And as well, I meet the lads personally. He's really good guy. You know what I mean? You enjoy talking with him. Enjoy him, see him training. You know, he's always seems happy, mm. positive person as well. Because it's not easy to be. I never see someone from first January until 31 of December always smiling, happy. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The way dealing with. Uh, things smoothly, the support he give back there and his people and his back down in this country is incredible. You know, what he's been involved because one day I get marked when I read uh, a media from him and saying, like, a journalist would ask him, Why did you not have a Ferrari? things he said, No, me, I don't need it. I prefer to have a normal car than have a Ferrari. Mm. And a few months later, we see him, he's been doing. But if he think and uh, his back on his country, is you not know, a big example. And to be honest, Sadio, I always respect him. He's younger than me. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, it can be younger, can be older, but the respect is you have to be earning. Is he that you wanted to play with? I always, I always wanted to play with him. And uh, when I was at City in Time, when he was at South Town, I was high regarding him and I was asking some of my superior to just sign him really but at the end it didn't happen after that club have the ice get him and now look what he did for liverpool was <laughs> oh, <brilliant>. mm.
1: <laughs> Wow. okay so we agree on mane at number two and didier drogba at number one so just a quick recap is mm. number 10 we got lauren number nine colo toure number eight kanu followed mm. by jj or then comes michael Essien, and then the top five Number five is Riyad Mahrez, four Mo Salah, followed by Yaya Toure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then number two, Sadio Mane, and number one, Didier Drogba. So good list, our... isn't it? Oh, very good list. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good list. It's a tough one. Um, but I think Drogba, I think, yeah, was rightfully the winner. Yeah. Way. So that's our top 10 African Premier League players. <laughs>
3: Excellent, excellent, excellent. And I hope you enjoyed every bit of that debate. There's definitely more next week on the uh, Match of the Day Africa Top 10 Podcast, which will be coming through on the locker room via heavy production from the BBC, as you know. But of course, the quick lines in football before I leave you. And you know that Arsenal are showing no signs of slowing down in their quest to bolster their squad. And as suspected, following their arrivals in midfield, Granite Xhaka officially left the club to join German side Bayer Leverkusen in the £21.4 million deal. Uh, the Switzerland midfielder has signed a five year deal with the Bundesliga club. Xhaka, who joined the Gunners in 2016, was briefly captain in 2019, and scored 23 goals in 297 appearances, helping Arsenal to win the FA Cup twice and finish runners up in the Premier League last season. Chelsea were equally busy and saw two key players say goodbye. First Mason Mount, who finally joined Manchester United and became Eric Ten Hag's first signing of the window. Mount joined on a contract running until June 2028 with the option of a feather year. He made 279 279 club appearances, scoring 58 goals and contributing 53 assists. The Champions League winner was Chelsea's player of the season for both the 2020-2021 and 2021-2022 seasons. Another key departure of the bridge saw captain Cezar Buketa end a trophy laden 11 years at the club as he signed a one-year deal with Atletico Madrid. A 33-year-old Spain defender won every available honour of the Stamford Bridge, including two Premier League titles and the Champions League. As Buketa had 12 months left on his contract, but clearly Chelsea were unwilling to uh, go further with that particular arrangement. And Liverpool FC completed the signing of Dominic Sobersly from RB Leipzig, subject to a wet permit. The Hungry Midfielder became the Red's second new addition of the summer window after Green terms and successfully completing a medical. Following the footsteps of Alexis McAllister, Sobersly arrives at Anfield after two and a half years in the Bundesliga with Leipzig, where he made 91 appearances in all competitions. And indeed, we will keep a close tab so what happens on the circuit in the British Grand Prix in Formula One. In tennis, we have our taps everywhere at the All England Club, Wimbledon, where it's all going down. Definitely, we'll be back next week to talk about it. But for now, that's all time will allow us for this edition of the show. So we'll meet next week, as always. Be good.
2: Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service.